Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we deliver mining insights and bullion sales in the form of physical delivery, offshore depositories, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology. Welcome to Proven Improbable. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Joining us for a conversation is Tim Johnson, the president and CEO of Granite Creek Copper. Mr. Johnson, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, a pleasure to have you back on the program to provide us with some important updates regarding the 100% Stu Copper Gold Silver Project located in the prolific Minto Copper District. Before we go any further, Mr. Johnson, for first-time listeners, please introduce us to Granite Creek Copper and what is the opportunity the company presents to the market? Granite Creek is a, is a member of the metallic group of companies. And why that's significant is that all three companies in the group share a common philosophy and um, a, really a, a, a common way of doing business. And, and that, uh, that philosophy, that way of doing business is to identify a large land position in what we're calling a Brownfields district. And in our case, a Brownfields district means a, in, is a, something that has already been explored previously, um, has an, an operating mine or a near-term operating mine in the district. Um, and it gives us uh, multiple uh, exit strategies. So we, we don't need to go all the way to... Uh, a measured and indicated uh, a resource we can we can find something that might be interesting to our neighbor um, we can make you know in our case we can bring the uh, the amount of uh, contained copper in the district up to a point where we start to attract uh, bigger attention to the belt for our benefit and to the other players in the belt as well now from a macro perspective can you share the supply and demand fundamentals for copper yeah, I mean, we see uh, a potential deficit in copper moving forward. And, you know, I mean, some analysts uh, say that we're in deficit already. Um, we see probably first or second quarter of 2020 being in a real deficit that's going to start to come out on the books of, of the main, major analysts. Um, and if there's, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that. I, I, you know, I mean, people point to the electrification of, of uh, transportation, but we see it as sort of a uh, electrification of a bunch of other things, um, you know, including, I mean, China is creating a, a middle class. And when that, when you do that, you need an awful lot of copper in, in, um, in vehicles and in houses and in industry. Right. And that's, there's, there's, there's a lot of different metrics driving it, um, whether it's China or globally, the move from um, internal combustion engines to, to, to electric vehicles. And one of the important points that we see in, in the copper market is when you do that transition, whether it's houses or, or uh, vehicles, you actually take a large amount of copper out of the market and you put it in things that might last um, longer than, than, than you would expect. It's not, a, you know, it's not electronics that are getting turned over every year. I mean, we're hearing that some of these electric cars could have 15 or 20 year life. Right, so you take an awful lot of car, copper and you sulk it away in these things, and, it, and it, it's off the market. So uh, the supply has to has to come up to 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 maintain um, the global economy. You know, one of the reasons we have you on the program here is that uh, we believe that copper may very well become one of the most uh, valuable metals on the planet. Copper is going to be consumed in the next uh, more copper, I should say, is going to be consumed in the next 25 years than all of combined history. And please correct me if I'm wrong, but there's uh, less than two weeks supply of copper on hand in the world today. And germane to this point is that a number of copper mines are running out of materials and which we're witnessing right now among your peers that are in production in the mental copper belt. Is that correct? 
Oh, yeah, I mean, the, the, in the mental copper belt itself, um, the, the mental mine uh, owned by Pembridge just recently went back into production. Um, they went into production, uh, I believe, somewhere around a three and a half to four year mine life. Um, so that's not a lot. Um, you know, we, we expect them, because this is a new company, has just recently acquired this asset. So we expect them to be aggressively exploring on, on their own ground, which is very close to us. Um, you know, to, to add add resources, but we also expect them to have at least half an eye, if not a full eye, towards us and, and our progress as we build our out our resources as well. And, and you're right on on sort of the global picture. I mean, even some of the mines that still have resources in in Chile, for instance, they've gotten down through the um, easily extracted material. So they've gone through the oxide, and they're they're now. Um, looking at a sulfide resource that is a lot more expensive to extract, and it's it's entirely different economics. Um, for instance, with a with an oxide resource, these big mines in Chile are producing copper at mine site. With a sulfide resource, you're producing a concentrated mine site that has to be then shipped to a smelter. So we're we're seeing this transition in in a lot of the really large mines that have been producing, you know, for upwards of 50 years, and and this transition is you know is going to be significant to our industry. Sir, for the person listening, how does Granite Creek Copper fit into the narrative? Okay, so like I, I said at the at the top of the show, we're 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 a brownfields project. Um, we've got historic drilling on our ground, and we've also um, after we acquired the project in January, we also acquired a large uh, historic database. Um, so we've been able to fast track drill targets and hope to be able to um, do what we're calling so discovery focused drilling next season, where we're taking those those drill targets and and you know drilling off a bunch of them and seeing what what one is most likely to be able to quickly quickly build a resource. Um, so we you know we see ourselves as a, as explorer and, and and developer of resources. Um, you know, we, we don't see ourselves as miners, but, you know, we, you know, you, you, every year you sort of evaluate where you are and, 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 and see where you're going to go. And I think what, you know, what we want to do is, is tie into something and rapidly grow a resource as the copper market turns and as the price starts to, you know, push north of three to three fifty um, um, a pound, uh, which is going to make um, this production decisions and anything that we discover, um, you know, much, much, much easier. Granite Creek Copper has uh, successfully expanded its footprint in the prolific mental copper district by completing a strategic acquisition of 30% in copper north mining. Can you share the details with us? Yeah, so um, we, uh, we were approached and, and have been talking with some of the, the major shareholders at Copper North, um, you know, who uh, some run some businesses, and they, they felt that the shares that they held would be in better hands um, with us, and, and that, that, was, that was a good acquisition for us. It gives our shareholders um, roughly, well, just under 30% um, exposure to an already uh, drilled off and um, identified resource within, within the uh, copper belt itself. And we think the, the synergies are really good um, with whatever we discover um, on our, our ground. You know, there's a potential to... Uh, combined resources at some point um, and, and look at, uh, at, at what uh, we do with that 30%. Now, we're, we're open to either further acquisition or, um, or even, you know, uh, developing uh, jointly with, with Copper North. I mean, the, the possibilities, there's many different possibilities we, could, um, we can do with that, that, that interest. 
Take us behind the scenes and, and walk us through on why this was the right acquisition for shareholders and why now? Um, well, there's, you know, I mean, the copper market has been depressed. Um, you know, prices have been down um, around uh, 250 to, you know, 260 over the over the past few months. Uh, the resource that Copper North um, had uh, isn't economic at these prices. Um, so I think, you know, there was a frustration amongst shareholders that uh, maybe they got into early and, um, you know, they were looking for an exit and they were looking for a, a block exit. They didn't they, they, they didn't want to sort of trickle their shares out. And there was really no market for their shares. So, you know, in a share exchange that we did, we, we in a way offer, offered them an, an exit strategy. Um, and, you know, we, we have a little bit longer term view. Um, we see the price of copper uh, starting to turn. Um, and we see, you know, um, a, a very strong um, copper price moving into 2020 and beyond. So for, for our shareholders, I think it was it was a very good acquisition. And um, I think, you know, it, it, I think you'll see that reflected um, as the copper price increases, um, which it should it should uh, do very well for our share price. Does this transaction change the thesis on your genetic model and or your exploration model? Um, not really. Um, you know, our focus uh, this this field season this year had been on looking for resources that are right close to the claim boundary. Um, so your 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 listeners uh, should know that the two properties, the two projects um, owned by Copper North and by us, are adjacent, and we see potential just across the, the claim boundary for extensions of of mineralization that's been identified on their ground. So th that, um, yeah, it doesn't really change anything in that regard. Um, you know, I guess we need to look at the, you know, what, what further uh, um, transactions we might make within the belt. Um, and it, you know, it, it might change uh, our, our understanding of that a little bit. But our, our exploration focus isn't going to change. And our, our development track, I, I think, is, is to find um, uh, combined uh, pounds in the ground that will attract um, significant players to the belt, whether it's, uh, you know, one, one of the big copper players or, um, you know, a, a multi-metal player. Uh, once we get to a certain threshold, whether it's Copper North or us are combined, uh, we're going to attract the big players. And that's that's sort of been our narrative, and that's going to continue to be our narrative. Speaking of what's next, multi-layered question. What is the next unanswered question for Granite Creek Copper? When can we expect a response, and what determines success? Um, our, our big thing is whether or not we can uh, we can identify and drill um, uh, resources, and you know, uh, an initial drill program by us on, on the project uh, that should start um, as soon as breakup is completed, so May Juneish somewhere in there. Um, you know, we will be seeking a financing in order to raise funds for that um, um, in, the, in the next in the next few months. Um, so, yeah, our, our, our success is finding something that we can point to and say, yes, we can start to drill off a resource around this. And, and you'll see that first to second quarter of next year. Let's review some numbers. Mr. Johnson, please share the capital structure for Granite Creek Copper. Yeah, so we've we've got um, 46 million shares out right now. Um, that's, that was recently bumped up by our acquisition. We issued, uh, we issued uh, roughly 10 million shares um, for the, uh, the acquisition of the Copper North shares. 
Um, currently, we've got about 27 um, million warrants out at, at uh, 20 cents and another another 3 million warrants out at 15 cents. So fully diluted, we're at 79 million, million shares. Um, uh, insiders and close associates of insiders hold roughly 40, 45% of that. And um, we think that's a, you know, we're, we're all very incentivized to work hard and to uh, increase shareholder value. In closing, Tim, what keeps you up at night that we don't know about? Extension of, of the low copper prices that we see, that we, we see now. Um, like I say, I think they've just started to turn and, and hopefully they continue to strengthen um, throughout the, the rest of this year and into next year. Um, but if there was a you know a protracted uh, sub 250 uh, copper, it would be very difficult for us. We would have to uh, revise our strategy. Um, I think that's you know that's that's, that's the biggest the, the biggest worry for us. But I I, I think that's uh, well, it's global markets are going to mitigate that, right? So it's not a lot we can do about that other than uh, just keep an eye on it. Mr. Johnson, last question: What did I forget to ask? You know, you've done a really good job. I can't think of a, a single question you forgot to ask. Well, I'm not going to argue with you on that uh, compliment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For more information regarding Granite Creek Copper, please visit www.gcxcopper.com. For direct inquiries, call 604-235-1982. That number again is 604-235-1982. Or you may email info at gcxcopper.com. Granite Creek Copper trades on the TSXV symbol GCX. Before you make your next bullion purchase, make sure you call me. I'm a licensed representative for Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments, where we provide a number of options to expand your precious metals portfolio from physical delivery, offshore depositories, precious metal IRAs, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology. Call me directly at 855-505-1900. That number again is 855-505-1900. Or you may email maurice at milesfranklin.com. Finally, please subscribe to provenandprobable.com for mining insights and bullion sales. Tim Johnson of Granite Creek Copper, thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor. 